When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen to the AZ Wildcats podcast uh, presented by Arizona Lottery. Don't forget to go out and buy your holiday scratchers with John Schuster, Brad Alice. I am merely Mike Luke. All right. What was the final score? Arizona ends up losing uh, 92-84. 92-84. All right. Guys, um, this was a – listen, Arizona is still an awesome team. I still believe they're the best team in the country. This was kind of a dispiriting performance, though. Um, I thought Arizona defensively uh, was uh, very poor especially in the first half. Um, I thought Tommy Lloyd made some curious decisions, uh, which we will get into. Um, and uh, I think there were some glaring holes. So I will say Caleb Love and Keyshawn Johnson, those were two guys that wanted it. John Schuster, then Brad Alice. I think those are the positives. The negative that I heard was that when Brad Alice was going to be on this broadcast, I just knew it was going to be a tough day for Arizona. Yes, kind of had a feeling. Uh, but uh, if you're looking and, and in losses – Losses are always frustrating. You, A lot of folks, understandably, I totally get it, wanted Arizona to win this game and look good and cement themselves as the number one seed. So in the, in the course of the conversation today, naturally we're going to talk about an overbearing amount of negatives. It's understandable. It's deserving. But two positives to take out of this, and Mike touched on it. Caleb Love and Keisha Johnson are going to do everything they possibly can to keep Arizona in games. And that's a nice, uh, that, that's an excellent addition that gives you an opportunity almost every time you take the floor. So when things don't go your way, and this was certainly the definition for the first 25 minutes of things not going your way, of being problematic, of seeming like you did not have an answer. Love and Johnson played major roles in keeping Arizona around, and it's that kind of leadership. Those are going to be remarkably beneficial transfer additions for this program. And even though Arizona had the frustrating setback today, I think uh, in the long run, the Cats are going to be just fine because you feel real good about those guys being on your roster. Yeah, you know, it was a weird game because I thought Arizona was slightly better the first uh, eight minutes where somehow they could not get a media timeout for eight minutes. And then as soon as they came back, it was all Purdue for, what, 17, 18 minutes? And then they went zone. And anyways, it was kind of like an NBA game. You had your ebbs and your flows. And then Arizona was the better team again for about another eight or nine minutes. And then Arizona, oddly enough, and I know know we'll talk about this, went away from the zone, brought Boswell back in. And um, that magically allowed, you know, Lawyer and the other kid to to get hot again. you know, that's to me the most frustrating part is when Arizona, those guys should not be able to torch Arizona man to man. I'm sorry. They're good players, um, but they're not great players. And lawyer, and I know he did against Tennessee as well. Um, he's not as athletic as Arizona. I mean, he's, he's just not. And he got whatever he wanted all night. Dropping threes, getting putbacks, uh, driving the lane, teardrop, you name it. And for what, 20 some odd minutes, Fletcher lawyer uh, was the best player on the floor. Luckily for Arizona for a while, Caleb love was the best player on the floor and he brought Arizona back. But yeah, it's just, I look at that Purdue team and if Arizona doesn't leave them wide open for 10 minutes, I, I think Arizona is better, but you know, maybe that's the game Arizona needs. They need a learning, um, a learning game because you just can't go out and go through the motions and win. And sometimes it feels like they've tried to do that a few times. Uh, you know, we've seen letdowns, but um, yeah, disappointing overall, because again, it wasn't Edie who beat you. Um, it wasn't, you know, for the most part, I thought it was an okay officiated game. 
Um, it was it was lawyer and the other kid, and and that's disappointing. Cole, I one thousand percent stand by this. The Big Ten is overrated, and I do believe that Purdue is going to go out early. Purdue is a good team, obviously, but I stand uh, I stand resolute on what I say. There were some interesting decisions here, though, that I don't really know what exactly was going on. Uh, Brad hit on one of them. Kylan Boswell did not play well today. Arizona goes to the zone. Gets it from 17 to 4. Boswell comes back in. Then Arizona obviously gives up a uh, gives up a huge run again. And I don't understand the philosophy. And again, um, I'm not worried. I still believe this is definitely the best team in college basketball. But I also don't understand the philosophy of uh, trying to force feed the ball to Umar Ballo against Zach Eady one-on-one. When Shu... Uh, listen, those were prayers that Umar Bala was not scoring on Zach Eady. I didn't understand really either one of those decisions by coach. There, uh, And yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, curious uh, questioning, and we'll probably do a lot of it on this show. Before, let me get sidetracked for a moment here. Produce good. Yes. They're going to be be no lower than a number two seed, and they deserve it. Their non-conference has been very impressive. They do a lot of good stuff. And, and they showed it today. They are, I think, at the free throw line because of Edie, the best ball screen team in the country. And that's why, largely, they get open threes. And what happened today is that once they got some open threes, because I think a lot of this had, frankly, to do with Larson. I think in addition to Boswell, Larson mostly played a yes. pretty poor game as well, especially on the defensive end. And at one point, I think Lawyer outscored Larson 21 to nothing. I think Larson had a bunch of turnovers in this matchup and even turnovers he wasn't credited for. Uh, There were some moments where he did some good things during Arizona's run. But as much as we question Boswell, I think you can just as just as. Oh, yeah, for sure. Look at Larson and we probably will in this matchup. Uh, And 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 basketball also is a game of rhythm. And Purdue got into a rhythm that ultimately allowed them to keep Arizona at bay, even when the Cats were able to go on that run. But they're good. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're a heck of a lot more, I think, varied than they were last year. And, uh, you, you know, there, it looked like there were, there were some opportunities, you know, for Arizona. There, there were a couple interesting set. Anyway, Purdue's going to be a number one or a number two seed in, 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 the, in the NCAA tournament, and they deserve it. And I think there's a chance that Arizona's going to be a one or a two seed, probably out west, and they deserve that. This was, and, and I liked it in non-conference matchups. College basketball is scheduling games like this. So it was uh, uh, that that played a role, too. It's not like Arizona lost more or less on the road to a bad basketball team. Right. They lost a team that deserves to be in the top five. Big Ten overrated this. I don't know what your definition, Mike, of Purdue going out in the tournament early is. But I guess if they're going to be a one or a two seed, being in a lead eight is going out early. I, I, I don't. They're sweet good. 16 max. Right. A sweet 16 max. Okay. Um, so so Arizona today lost also to a good team that ran stuff very well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the Boswell point, because uh, getting getting back to your points, the Boswell point I think is excellent and 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 curious. And I think Larson really hurt Arizona more often than not today. And what we anticipated going into this matchup was that Arizona was going to have the advantage in the backcourt. And that did not come through at all. And and Purdue got hot and was able to ride the hot hand, especially in the first half. Uh, and, 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 you know, it was one of those things where Arizona's vaunted defense just looked a step slow. And I think a lot of that, I think it was two things. Arizona's vaunted defense was a step slow, and they were a step slow against a team that picks very well on the perimeter, and that's a bad combination, and it hurt Arizona. See, this is why I've had a, a – listen, at the end of the day, I was wrong about Pella Larson. He's good. He's a good player. But this is also why I've had a love-hate relationship with him as he's been here at the U of A, Brad, and that he can do some really good things, but then you'll have he'll have games like this. There'll be more games like this where – you're getting roasted defensively. Whenever you try to dribble the ball, you're turning it over. And the thing that I has always driven me up a wall about him is when he does make a mistake, it's always at incredibly crucial times. It's not where you're up 13 or whatever. He generally knows when to maximize his mistakes. And that is something that has <laughs> always dri- driven me up a wall. Yeah, and I think the di- to me the difference between he and Boswell is I can't tell you what Boswell did poorly other than maybe defend uh, Smith. I can list off things because it was a numbers game with Boswell. Bos- when Boswell's on the floor, they didn't play well. 
But Pella, I can point to what five or six turnovers, a few that weren't turnovers, but where he dribbled into into trouble and couldn't get good looks, some defensive lapses. I mean, he had no clue against again. Fletcher Lawyer is a guy who dropped 27 or so on um, Tennessee and also has games where he's in low single digits. Um, He's he's a good shooter, not a great shooter. He's a good athlete, not a great athlete. He's a okay. In fact, some ways he's like a Pella Larson Um, does a lot of things. okay, And today he was great. Uh, He was great for about 25 minutes because he disappeared when Arizona made their run. Um, But yeah, that's what's frustrating and that to me is the one thing i'm still worried i don't think arizona got exposed arizona's a great basketball team i think if arizona plays purdue 10 times they win six but the lack of that pure athlete on the wing um experienced pure athlete because maybe kj lewis is that guy physically but he's not ready yet um is still to me a worry and again i'm i'm a wing junkie i love again i've watched too much arizona basketball i love the richard jefferson's the Michael Dickerson. Was it the, Brad? Was it you or was it John Schuster that said Lauren Woods could be a small forward type in the end? That was Shoe. Yeah, Shoe. Shoe misspoke. He meant three years of the future. A guy I've never seen play, Channing Fry. Because uh, Channing Fry, I had no idea. And, and anyone who saw Channing Fry's NBA career coming is crazy because he showed nothing at Arizona. To, but the point being, I like six six to six seven wings, um, and, may, and maybe Kashad Johnson's the closest thing they have. Um, but you know, to go back to the other point, the big 10 is overrated and Purdue's a really good basketball team. Those things are not mutually, they're mutually exclusive. Purdue is going to be probably somewhere in the what? 27 and four range. I mean, the yeah. fact now they're already behind the eight ball for, for their big 10 record because they have the loss to an okay Northwestern team. Um, but they're going to run, they're going to run rough shot on that league. Because Ohio State may be the second best team, and they won the ugliest basketball game I've seen in a long time today against UCLA. Arizona is also really, really good and great, and they're going to run roughshod because the Pac-12 sucks. Um, so that's yes. where we're kind of at. These are two teams that are really, really good and might not be tested uh, after a few games or very, and we'll see what that means for tournament play. Because unfortunately. Both of these guys have had their bugaboos early in the tournament. What I do want to get back to, though, in a second is something about I'm not worried about this team after this loss. Again, there were some disconcerting uh, parts to this game, but we're going to get to that in a second. But first, Circle K. William Brad Ellis, when was the last time you went to Circle K? Be honest. Be honest. Yeah, within the last 72 hours. All right. I went to Circle K today. I found $2.49 gas at Circle K. Go to the one on uh, Tank Verde and Wilmot. Is that it? Yeah, Tankaverdi and Wilmot. You know where that like little curvature is uh, going towards Tankaverdi? Am I either way? Or maybe it's on Pima. I don't know. Either way, check it out. Join Inner Circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details and shady rays. Listen. Now, you might watch uh, some of these cool players out there. Zach Eady looks like a guy that would rock Shady Rays. Looks like he's got his life together, probably makes a lot of money off NIL, and when he steps outside when the sun does come out in West Lafayette, I am assuming that he is wearing Shady Rays. Check it out again exclusively for our listeners. Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by 250,000 people. Shu, I want to get back to – I want to get – oh. Uh, people coming in not liking my ad reads. I like that ad read. All right, but shoot the one thing though, and we me too. Yeah, I think you know what. As long as we like it, you're my best friend. As long as we like it, then that's what matters to me. Um, but listen, Arizona's got two dudes that you know wanted, and again, I want to get back to that because I think that's important before we break down this game. Caleb Love for all of the good and the bad. Um, Rudy Bastios, you were wrong about Caleb Love. I will call you out on the show for that. Um. Caleb Love wants the ball. Caleb Love wants to play or wants. He's not scared of the moment at all. Keyshawn Johnson is much the same way. We've seen this now in a couple different games, especially against Michigan State. We're down the stretch. It was Keyshawn Johnson and Caleb Love. These are the two dudes for good or bad. When games are close, they're going to be the ones that are going to carry this game home. If you're going to get to a point where you start to 
do the comparison game between Lloyd's first two seasons and this season, I think those two transfers are probably going to be the guys who stand out. And and their their desire to win uh, get, makes you they, they they clearly Mike do not shrink from the moment. Right. Uh, and that's and, and you need if you can get that kind of player, you take it. There are going to be times this year, you know, where you're. Love shoots eight for 23 from the floor or something like that. And you go, why did he rush at three? Why did he rush at three? Why did he do that? He tried to play at the floater on the inside. And it just wasn't good. Enough. And you're going to remember games like this and possibly games in the tournament that either keep Arizona around or advance Arizona through this field where you're going to say, oh, yeah, that's the reason we didn't really care too much when Love was eight of 23 in a game in January. Right. Because uh, in in big games, he does not shy from the moment. Johnson was a beast. Yeah. Johnson, uh, there was uh, a, a number of broadcasts ago. Uh, there, there was someone on one of your comments who, uh, when we were breaking down Arizona, and one of the things that I think we talked about is that Arizona has roughly two players at every position, which makes their depth uh, very envious. And somebody below said the player that Arizona probably cannot lose is uh, – Keyshaw Johnson. Yeah. And I, and, and, and it's hard to argue. Uh, that the versatility is ridiculous. The athleticism, fantastic. He's improved his shooting and, and, and he has no problem. If, if he's got a lane to the hoop, I don't care if you're seven, five, I don't care if you're five, five, <laughs> let, right. let's, let's take our chances and see where it goes. He fought on the inside in un, un, under difficult circumstances against a team that blocks out very well. Uh, and again, against a, a team that has immense size on the interior. So that tandem um, plays a huge role in putting Arizona in a position that it's going to be in. I mean, even after today, which I understand, I understand the frustration. I get it. You're right. Is Arizona ever going to be ranked out of the outside the top five this year? Only Bruce Pascoe will probably have Arizona outside the top five. That's probably it. Yeah. Is there ever really going to be a time where you don't think, you know, hey, I don't know, lots of stuff can happen. But 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 if Arizona is healthy, do we really think Arizona's not going to be a one or a two uh, in yeah. this tournament? And, and and there's going to be pretty much no question that you're going to slot them in one of those two positions and probably give them favorable geography in the process. Uh, you You add the talent, the depth that they have. And guys with killer instincts like Love and Johnson into the equation, and you got an opportunity to be successful a lot. Are the one seeds decided? And I and I know obviously things could happen. Yeah. But to me, there are four. There are four, the four best teams in college basketball. From and again, I haven't seen every game, but it's Kansas, UConn, Purdue, and Arizona. That's it. Um, yep. And Houston is the outlier. And, and, and yeah, and, uh, and and you know, unfortunately, Houston's and again, Kansas too. They have they have going to have that ridiculous Big Twelve. So what you might see, is I, I again, I really think you could see Arizona and Purdue with like six combined losses. Yeah, um, I agree UCon- with that. UConn's going to have maybe four or five, and I think the winner of the Big Twelve, whether it's Kansas, Houston, four or five, um, and you know maybe another team factors in, maybe it's a Marquette, but I don't really see anyone else who is again barring catching fire. And maybe today was the magic day for Michigan State because they embarrassed Baylor. But I mean, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at Right now, the separation is those four teams, uh, maybe five. Let's add Houston to the mix. I think they're still undefeated as well. But that's where college basketball is. And then you've got a whole big muck, um, you know, six to 30. But, I mean, as bad as Arizona was in stretches, and frankly, as bad as Purdue was in the stretches, these are two excellent basketball teams. Um, going to Caleb Love, I don't know if he's going to have an eight for 26 game. because I think he's bought in. He took one bad shot today, and I'm not counting some of those late rush threes when you have to. He took that one heat check three from in you know, front of the scorer's table. But other than that, I thought he played really smart. I thought Kashad Johnson played really smart. I don't mind Kashad Johnson going right at Edie and trying to draw those fouls. But um, I do bother I don't like the Umar Ballo thing. And that was to me. I don't I, like the one-on-one. No, but I and I will say this. I'm not as down on Balo. So I thought D- Balo, when he played within himself, running the floor, I thought his defense was solid one-on-one. Um, the problem was playing man-to-man, let everyone else get discombobulated. But Edie worked his butt off to get – at one point, Edie had 17 and Balo had 13. And unfortunately, Edie then got eight in a row. But I don't think Balo played bad. I don't think he played great. But he played smart on offense – 
when he was playing within himself and going one-on-one with Edie. Same thing, Crevis. Crevis had that play. And I thought Crevis did a good job defensively as well. Um, the problem was they shut Edie down, but they didn't shut anyone else down. So you had to go zone. But, you know, Crevis had that play where he tried to go and tried to move him and threw the bad play in the lane. So, yeah, going one-on-one in the in the down low against Edie was dumb. And that and whether that was Tommy's decision, these guys' decisions, Boswell, I don't know. But getting him moving, driving the lane, what Balo get three lobs today? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Arizona did good when they got them moving. Unfortunately, Purdue did well when they got Arizona's defense moving. Well, and see, that's where I was disappointed, I guess, because you're right, Brad. He did, and I, I was pro- I was wrong on Twitter, and that's why I acquiesced to the genius of the great William Brad Alice. But uh, my my problem that wasn't necessarily so much with uh, with Umar. It was I don't understand the strategy of going to somebody, and they did a three straight possessions when this yeah. game was still in in the balance. And Purdue, one thousand percent, is okay with Umar Ballo, leader of men, trying to go one on one with Zach Eady three straight times. That to me was very confusing. And again, bringing in Boswell after Patrick Stark made the point as well that Jaden Bradley did a pretty good job defensively out there, got a couple nice steals, was shooting some passing lanes. That was also a little bit of, again, Lloyd's a very good coach. He's far from perfect. Those were some real head scratchers for me, Shu. I'd completely agree with that list that you just broke down. And, and and in a small way, we use this example, this comparison a little bit. I know Brad likes this comparison. Mike, you've brought this up on the show a few times as well. That was a game you guys helped me out here. I think it's 03. It nah, might have been 05. Uh, they played Kansas. I think it was in the Elite Eight yeah. where Lute Olson uh, went away from Hassan Adams and Andre Iguodala and went with his starter instead. And uh, in that game, Adams and Iguodala were the difference makers. Yes. Arizona got way down in the first half, tied the game, or had it close to tied at the half. And then Arizona Olsen decided to go back to the starting lineup, and, and it allowed Kansas to go on another run that Arizona ultimately couldn't catch them. This game felt like a much lesser version of that to me today, that, 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 that Lloyd insisted on going with Larson and insisted on going with Boswell instead of playing two guys who were giving them a better opportunities on the defensive end because of their perimeter length in Lewis and Bradley. And, and it's one of those things where you know that, okay, I've got to go with my starters. This is the routine. This is the way things are going. But occasionally in the moment, you, you, you kind of, you know what you, you want to do, but you're not necessarily looking at what's happening in front of you. Two of the guys on the defensive end that allowed Arizona to extend the zone because of their length and their disruption capabilities were Lewis and Bradley. And, and they played a major role in getting Arizona back into this and doing the thing that Arizona needed to do, force turnovers or make three-pointers difficult on Purdue. And that allowed the Cats to cut into the lead. And then, you know, Arizona missed some key opportunities. And I think it was the stretch you were talking about. Arizona had, what, three or four possessions with the game at six points where they came away empty. And right. I think, Mike, three of those were the Ballow situations that you were talking about. Instead of utilizing that athleticism, at least trying to get to the rim or trying to get into foul trouble or, you know, trying to make some things happen as they were successful uh, to some degree. But then they went back to uh, Larson, who at times in that stretch was good, but then there were a lot of other times where he made some huge mistakes that ultimately hurt Arizona. And I don't know what his final turnover numbers are, but I think they were worse than the numbers on paper. And there was a and, and there I think was, he was credited for five, but it felt like seven. It felt like it felt like nine. Yeah. You know, and and I'll give you an example of one just briefly. There was a play where Lewis got stuck um, on the perimeter and made a bad pass toward the top of the key. Purdue cuts into the lane and makes the play, and then Larson and I think it was lawyer, you, you know, fighting for the ball. Larson can't get to the ball, even though he's a better athlete. In that play, yes, Lewis made the mistake of leaving his feet and making a bad pass, but it's like a re- wide receiver with a quarterback. You gotta, you've got to help him. You right. got to go to the ball. And Larson didn't. And then that that created a a, a turnover situation that allowed per and you know it was a wasted opportunity when you couldn't afford to have them. Uh, so 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 I thought there were situations here where you know you had guys who were playing better for you, and guys who changed tilted the momentum in this match. Go away from them. The point of having depth 
is when somebody isn't playing well. Right. One of the points of having depth. When somebody isn't playing well, you go to somebody else and you see if the somebody else can get it done. And today, Larson and Boswell did not play well. I thought Lewis and Bradley were a little bit better or at least tilted the game's pace in Arizona's advantage. And, and and when those changes were made to go back in the other direction, it was, again, advantage Purdue. All right. You now, know, hold on real, real quick, Brad. I got to read in here. We're going to go to the Desert Financial Credit Union by the numbers. This is presented by Desert Financial Credit Union, America, Arizona's number one credit union named by Forbes. Um, okay. You look at this, uh, you look at these stats, and actually, it's, they're not that far off. I will say this, Brad. I was surprised that the offensive rebounding numbers were uh, this close. It felt to me like Purdue had a lot more offensive rebounds. Um, what uh, what say you, Brad Allison? And then we will get to whatever a salient point you were about to make before I so rudely interrupted. And that's interesting. I, I have different offensive rebounding numbers from ESPN. Vastly different. Same thing. Same difference. About five. Uh, that's the beauty of the zone. It kept them from getting to the boards. Uh, when Arizona went in zone, they couldn't get to the boards and – um, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that 03 game because that was the opposite. If you remember in 03, they went man with Hassan and Andre. They went 1-3-1 with um, Salim and Fry. Um, and granted, Salim beat them in Lawrence. I know why he did it. And they got killed on the boards by Graves. Um, mm-hmm. Tonight, it was it was kind of the opposite. The zone kept them off the boards um, and kept them from not having to scramble to double down on Edie, which then didn't allow them to get those open looks from three. And I'll tell you what I thought was interesting is, you know, he brought Boswell, and I'm not even sure he brought Larson, but brought Boswell in. They went on the little run. They went to a TV timeout, came out of the timeout, and he stayed with the starting lineup. And I think that was – the mistake wasn't bringing Boswell in. The mistake was keeping Boswell in. Um, because, again, from there, it was all Purdue the, down the stretch. Um, to me, once you see them get, well, I think it was a little six zero run, maybe even four zero run, you go right back to KJ and 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 uh, Jaden Bradley. And while Jaden Bradley did almost nothing offensively, the offense ran pretty well with him out there. Yeah, and like you said too, like Schuster said, you made he he t- it felt like he tilted things in Arizona's favor. He was scrappy on defense. He forced some turnovers. He was uh, getting a uh, um, he would you know he was getting in passing lanes. That was something that, you know, and Shu, I think you uh, made the, uh, you actually made a good point. You actually made a good point where you said the reason you have bench, the reason you have depth is when your guys are struggling to go to it. And, and, and Brad, pick up on your second point when you get a moment. Uh, yeah, sorry about after that. After I seed. Um, but uh, yeah, there are Arizona. The other thing that depth allows you to do is, and talent, depth and talent allow you to try different things as well. So Arizona had a game plan coming into this matchup and the game plan did not work Uh, for, you know, whatever. Purdue's game plan was better than Arizona's. So Arizona then had to try press. Yeah, it didn't work particularly well. That's one of the things. Coaches are really concerned, really uncomfortable running a press because they hate giving up easy baskets. And so it's one of those things that because sometimes it doesn't work early, they don't stick with it longer. And maybe it ultimately works in your direction where you get the turnovers. Uh, So, And I think Lloyd sort of falls into that category. He doesn't look like a guy who particularly likes to likes to get into uh, open floor defensive pressing situations. But Arizona showed a willingness to try something. And when it went to one lineup where the zone worked in their favor, uh, then that was something that it gave their defense an opportunity to get into the open floor, which is obviously uh, Arizona's advantage. And I thought it was, it allowed them to get back into the game, but ultimately the better half court team won today. And that was Purdue when they had the opportunities down the stretch. And as a result, it was an eight point game. Arizona had it at four and it looked like they had an opportunity. They just couldn't get over the mountain today. Uh, and, and, but you know, at least, so the depth is there and the talent is there that allows you to try to do different things to see if something will work. And some Arizona teams in the past just haven't had that ability. So you feel good about that prospect. The frustration, Mike, as you noted, is how, from a coaching standpoint, they ultimately went away from the players who were, I think, giving them the best chance of success today to get over the hump and get the W. All right, an old nemesis of ours, uh, Rudy Bastios, Brad Alice, says, um, I have never, I hope to never see a zone again. Our team is too good, too athletic for that. What say you to the irritant, uh, Rudy Bastios? Sean Miller? 
Miller's uh, burner account. Um, Again, do I love zone? No, but if it works, it works. And the fact is, unlike what the guy said, they went zone and Edie couldn't get it. Couldn't get much. Well, they went back to man that Edie got his. And again, I'm not discounting Edie. He's a great player, but Edie was not the best player on the floor today uh, for either team. Uh, The two best players on the floor were, were, were Lawler one uh, love two, um, uh, Smith three, and and Johnson four, yeah. and maybe not quite in that order. Edie was very good. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I'll say this: the thing I think, Jaden Bradley versus Kylan Boswell. And Boswell's the better player, no doubt about it. But today, Jaden Bradley is, for lack of a better word, you called it, Brad. Give yourself some credit. Give yourself some yeah. credit. But Jaden Bradley is the game manager quarterback. Um, he, he was 0 for 1 from the field. And it was a good look. Not a great look, good look. He had two rebounds, two assists, two steals in what? I don't know. I don't have the, I have the ESPN numbers up because the, the stat broadcast was faster than my, my, my internet it kept spoiling the game for me. But um, conversely, Boswell, I think, was three rebounds, one assist, no steals. So Bradley just made, he was solid. I get, I'm going to guess Bradley's plus minus was probably plus seven, plus eight. I'm guessing Boswell's was minus 12. Um, he, he didn't, th- he, for lack of a better, he didn't throw a pick. He didn't take a bad sack. Um, he also didn't throw a touchdown pass, you know? So um, he was Brady, he was Brady Batten. Yeah. Sometimes you need a steady quarterback. He was, he was Anu Solomon. He, sometimes you need Anu Solomon and sometimes you need uh, Khalil Tate. And today they needed Anu Solomon to just, again, and congrats to Rich Rod for winning the bowl game with Jacksonville state. Very cool. Um, so today, yeah, Bradley, again, he wasn't going to win this game for you, but he wasn't going to lose the game for you. And not that Boswell necessarily lost the game for him, but when Boswell and Larson were out there, bad things happened um, too many times. And that is why, um, you know, I think today I would have gone with Bradley longer and I would have gone with uh, KJ Lewis longer. Um, again, because I think you got enough offense from the other three guys, especially Love and, and Johnson. All right, the Gila River Casino. You guys have been waiting for this. John Schuster and I went to go watch Frank Caliendo, and guess what? We got to go hang out backstage with Frank Caliendo. Can't say I'm not a little jealous. I want to share a story about that before this show wraps up. Okay. continue with your very important read about the Gila River Casino, Mike Luke. We were always trying to figure out where the Gila River Casino (laughs) was and trying to figure out which ones. We made it, uh, when we found found the Gila River Casino, it's got the two cool little blue waves. We 1,000% know that this is the Gila River Casino. And again, the people that we talked to had nothing but great things to say about it. So again, check out the Gila River Casino and Resorts. Again, uh, you do you at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Visit playgila.com for more details. Again, they offer an authentic and immersive experience, the Gila River Casino. And one other thing, Arizona Lottery. Maybe you look at Jacob Franklin and you say, man, that guy hit the genetic lottery um, because he's six foot eight. Or Brody Dryden, same thing, six foot eight. Well, none of us are six foot eight. Guess our best chance to hit the lottery is the Arizona lottery. Check it out, the Arizona lottery. Um, the uh, go out and buy your holiday scratchers today. Find a retailer and friends at Circle, your, our friends at Circle K near you at Arizona Lottery. You must be twenty one years or older. Please enjoy responsibly. All right, where were we going with this? Oh, a couple people have asked. John Schuster, this is actually a Schuster and a William Brad Alice question. The 30 days of Peacock trial, you guys both know, or you guys both have um, uh, an interesting uh, a variety of stuff. What would you guys be watching on Peacock for the next First of all, this is why I'm puzzled, because I did just start watching an sh- old show, and it was actually a show our good friend Rob Lance loves. Started watching House this week okay. uh, on Peacock. House has commercials. The basketball game for me did not have commercials. Other people said they had commercials. So I don't know what tier of Peacock I have. I have enough that I get commercials on house and WWE events because that's what I also watch. I watch WWE pay-per-views. But I don't get commercials during basketball games. So I got the Peacock version of the Pac-12 Network's um, Wave thing that fills in when they don't have enough ads sold so that is a what i'm watching on peacock i'm wa- i watch the wwe pay-per-views 
Um, so I think we've got, uh, I think Royal Rumble might be the next one, uh, which is the best one of the year. And I've been watching House. Um, I'm only about seven or eight episodes. He's always going to get the first two diagnoses wrong. He's then going to send Mike Tomlin lookalike Omar <laughs> Epps to do something shady at the person's house. And then he's going to make vaguely inappropriate sexual remarks to the girl doctor. Uh, that's apparently every episode. I don't know if it changes because I think I got eight or nine seasons left. But that's what my analysis of house is. Uh, All right, and only one time did the person die. All right, Eric Eric Funkman, I need to make fun of the uh, I need to make fun of this comment real quick and then John Schuster, you will have the floor. All right. Um the Big 10 basketball stinks, dude. It's the most <laughs> overrated crap product out there. You'll get 13 teams in, you'll all get knocked out in the first round. Purdue probably uh Purdue wink wink nod nod again. It's pretty cool that uh, it's cool you guys won. Got to give you credit on that. But at the end of the day, you play in a uh, minor league basketball conference. It stinks. That's what I'm going to say about it. And I will bet you whatever you want, Arizona goes further. We will have no Big Ten love on this show because, again, the Big Ten stinks. All right, back to Peacock, John Schuster. Uh, that show's probably pretty good. So oh. if, that show's, if that show's on Peacock, watch it. Right. Not that painting, but the show that that painting represents. Also, they probably have Monk on Peacock, too. And Monk is sort of a uh, derivative of uh, Columbo-inspired derivative. Probably consider watching that as well. And Brad's analysis of House, even though he's seen three episodes, pretty much spot on for the next eight years. But it's a very good and rewatchable show. So you could do a heck of a lot worse. Well done, uh, Brad, Alex. My well wife done. will tell you that she likes to rewatch for the 900th time uh, Law & Order SUV. Uh, on Peacock, SUV, correct, and I think she watches some of the originals, but she prefers the Stabler, um, the Kenny like, Stabler. No, not Kenny Stabler. Not quite as cool as Kenny Stabler. Um, and I forget the the lady's name. I can't think. I should. I've seen them. I've seen them all three times. My wife literally just. That's one of those comfort shows because she can like just kind of zone out and remember. Oh yeah, the uh, the lawyer is going to end up doing it in the third act. So um, yeah, Law and Order SUV, Law and Order Number One, Law and Order. Uh, Portland, Law and Order, Las Vegas. Watch, watch all the Law and Orders. Big picture, though, this game again. Purdue meaningless plays. for both teams. Maybe a bigger win for Purdue than a loss for Arizona, but you lost to the number three team an hour from their campus. Okay. Yeah, I mean, see, at the end of the day, that this really this game doesn't worry me a ton. What did, did worry me a little bit, though, I'll be honest, in the first half was letting white guys that can shoot threes be wide open the entire. These were threes that. These were not difficult threes. These were not Salim Stoudemire pulling up from the cactus, Mike Luke crossing Rudy Bastillos up and hitting the back, uh, you know, the uh, the fadeaway three. These were wide open threes. That to me was that to me was a little concerning and honestly, Shu, a little perplexing, being that um, it's an advantage that Arizona should have athletically and defensively. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what did you guys uh, but, think about that? But again. Uh, I, and this concerned me, and I think if you go back to the show that we did with Ben last week, this was one of the areas where I thought Purdue excelled. And I didn't think necessarily that it excelled to this level. But they run the best pick game in college basketball. Edie helps that because Edie's so immense. It's, it, it, it's, it's hard. Mike, I think last week you talked something about you can't go out and scout with a broomstick. You, you, you know, can't can't play length defensively by being Mike Luke out there with a broomstick, trying to trying trying to pretend that you're taking up space in the rest or the of ladder it. in a practice or the ladder in a plat in in a practice situation. Well, you know what else you can't do in a practice situation? Pretend uh, you can't fake seven five two eighty. Right. And and getting around those screens, you can you can tell this guy's tough. This guy's tough. This is what they do. This is what they do. Here they are. They're going to work their way through screen. You can tell from the first play of the game, Purdue ran a play that I think screened off of three people. Edie was the top one. I think Lawyer had an open three. Larson was two guys late, and it was like, and and it was the harbinger for the rest of the day. Uh, but Purdue, what Purdue does a great job with its pick game and getting open threes as a result. And Arizona found out the hard way that that was the case and had to go to other avenues to try to negate that a little bit. I think Arizona's plan to a large degree in this game, especially after that first half where they were, what, down 11 at the break and Purdue had put 49 on them, yeah. was Purdue can't possibly shoot this well in the second half. We're going to get a regression to the mean. 
They are hitting everything, and eventually they're going to cool off, and things are going to work in Arizona's favor. If the Cats just stick with what it is that they do, then they'll be fine. And then the first five minutes of the of the second half, Purdue just kept doing the exact same thing. The first four or five looks in the first uh, in the second half that Purdue had were basically chip shots, unchallenged, and because Arizona's offense worked pretty well in that stretch, they couldn't gain any ground uh, because Purdue was still running good stuff. And then Arizona had so so the regression to the mean philosophy didn't work in the first twenty minutes, and then it didn't work in the first five minutes of the second half. And now you're down to fifteen minutes, and you're still down double figures. And possessions start to get a little bit more crunch time. And you know that was when Arizona finally went to the zone, and I think it obviously played a role in getting them into the open floor with deflections on the perimeter. Finally, utilizing the athleticism that they have, the advantage in that capacity, and that's when Purdue went cold. I thought. Additionally, there were two or three interesting sequences in this game that I think, and it was something that Brad alluded to in the uh, right, right out of the gate about how it felt like an NBA game with a lot of ebb and flow. Ebb number one was about six minutes into the game, Arizona had gotten up to a 17-11 lead. And, and Mike, I think you talked about this too. There wasn't a media timeout until the 1138 right. mark. Right. So, so, but what you could tell after Arizona was up 17, 11, they then got tired and got sloppy mm -hmm. and Purdue scored on three consecutive possessions and by the break had a lead that they never gave up. Tommy Lloyd at the half told, I think one of the sideline reporters that he should have called a timeout to try to stem that a little bit. No, just foul somebody. If you're, if you're tired and you want to stop the clock, Arizona had one foul at that time. Right. Uh, so, so it wasn't like they were in danger of anybody getting in foul trouble. It wasn't like they were necessarily in danger of getting, you know, that much closer to the bonus. Uh, just if you can see that your team is tired and for whatever reason, Purdue weathered that better than Arizona did, even though it was playing at Arizona's pace and maybe Arizona was playing a little bit too fast and a little bit too hectic, but you could see it, especially with Larson. Larson looked like he was sucking air in the last couple minutes, and he made a couple really pivotal turnovers and defensive losses that allowed Purdue to cut 17-11, where Arizona had the advantage. And then they controlled the rest of the second half. The next sequence that I thought was pivotal was at about the 13-minute mark of the second half. And I think one of the reasons that uh, Arizona made its run and I understand what Matt Painter did. I probably would have done the same thing in this sequence. You've got uh, you've got um, a double-figure lead. You're waiting for the 12-minute timeout. You give your guards, who have been phenomenal, a break. You don't want them to play 40 minutes. You need them down the stretch. So, but what happened during that stretch is that Arizona, over the course of the next two or three minutes, got right back into the game, and then you didn't know exactly how this thing was going to turn out until Purdue was able to get it into a half-court game and those guys were able to step up again. I thought those were two key sequences that were kind of interesting that laid out the, uh, you know, Brad Alice's observation about overall ebb and flow. But from Arizona's standpoint and Lloyd's standpoint, if you think if you think your team is tired and running out of gas and doing stupid stuff, you have two options. You can call timeout or you can foul someone. And I would have gone for the foul option just to stop the clock and regroup. William? You know, I would go back to, you know, the thing I think I discounted with Edie, and it goes to, to the point of them getting those wide open looks. Um, in my podcast, I talked about Edie, the offensive player, but I only talked about him, the score. Um, you know, was he going to get away with that extra contact? And he really didn't. I mean, he had maybe one or two that, might have been offensive, but I thought for the most part he 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 got he beat when he beat Arizona he beat him with footwork and with height. I forgot I discounted just how big he was width wise and what that meant for those screen and rolls or those screen and and pops. Um, and that's to me where I take some solace from this game. Um, I'm not going to pretend Lawler and Smith aren't good players. They're good players. They're better than you know we discount them being white guards or whatever. But they're not the same guys. Why are you bringing that, race into this, Brad? Because you did earlier, Mike. Yeah, Mike Luke. But, you know, they're not the same guy. Although you might see guys who shoot the same. They're more athletic than you're going to see at Utah Valley or whoever Arizona's first round opponent is. But the difference is that team's not going to have a guy with the size of Edie who can move. And that's the difference. The reason they got those, or I should say the reason, a major reason they got those wide open looks which to their credit, they just knocked down. 
um, was because Edie and Arizona, A, not being able to get around him, and B, Arizona having to concentrate so much on Edie when trying to play him man-to-man with some help. Um, so to me, while I didn't like Arizona's perimeter defense in this game, you're not going to get the same look against a, a less athletic team without a, a dominant generational size-wise big man. Um, now some people are mentioning Decker. The Decker slam, that dude is a first-round draft pick. That dude was a little bit – that dude is better than Lawler no, or Lawyer. No, 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 no offense. Lawyer is a good player. But to me, that's the one thing I take away from this game. Purdue's unique. There's one Purdue in America right now because there is one Zach Eady in America. And to their credit, Matt Painter schemed it up really well for 30 of the 40 minutes. Again, he had no answer for the zone, but Arizona had no answer in the man-to-man. All right. Now we're going to talk, first of all, the Desert Financial Credit Union. All right. All right. Here's the deal. When you open a free checking account online, get $200 in bonuses. Get started by visiting desertfinancial.com slash 200. Again, these people are for the people, by the people. Join a credit union that is committed to giving back to the community and sharing success uh, with the members. All right. I do agree. Philly, uh, Philly B probably should have gone into the game at some point. Not sure that we shouldn't have burned Dylan Anderson's red shirt as well. Get him in there. Shoot, I got to ask you this. Um, this has been asked uh, multiple times. Was there anything concerning big picture about Arizona that uh, you took out of this game? Uh, as much as I have complimented uh, Purdue's pick and roll game and screen and pop game, which again, I think is the best in the country for reasons that we have uh, outlined. Arizona, I thought was a step lazy on a lot of that as well. And, and that, that concerned as good as Arizona was last week against Wisconsin in stopping next. So Wisconsin does a lot of the same stuff. They were not as good at that today. I think Arizona maybe came into this game underestimating Purdue's backcourt and it hurt them. Uh, if you, it, most, I think most people who thought Arizona was going to win this game, and I know that's a lot of them, even though remember Purdue was a two point favorite going into this matchup, as far as the gamblers were concerned, uh, thought that Arizona's backcourt and if, its athleticism in that regard would be the difference. But while they had moments that certainly indicated that a- athleticism paid dividends, Purdue's backcourt was better today. Right. And that was uh, that that was an area that I think kind of uh, caught me off guard. I would say the thing that maybe concerned me the most, it wasn't so much, you know, Arizona, Arizona scored 84 points and shot, what, 52% from the floor? Right. Um, one of the, uh, small thing on the court other than, giving up 92 points for a team that we have become accustomed to playing good defense. Uh, That would be a concern if we see a bunch of other teams put up in the eighties and nineties on Arizona and shoot 55% from the floor. Then, 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 then then you start to wonder, even the dog starts to wonder about uh, how good Arizona's defense ultimately is. So, so those are clearly some issues, uh, you know, maybe right now it's a one-off, but you know, obviously the NCAA tournament, you're concerned. What have I been harping on, on the floor? All year long, Mike Luke. What? It starts with an R. The second letter is oh, B. Rebounding. The third letter is a B. Rebounding. Yes. It felt like, shoot, I don't want to interrupt you, but I'm going to. It felt, especially in the first half, like Purdue, Purdue, I bet you had 12 points off offensive rebounds yeah. and went right to three-pointers. Go ahead, sir. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're exactly right. And, and And that was an area where Arizona cannot allow that to happen. Arizona has been excellent rebounding against Michigan State. They dominated Wisconsin on the glass, and they lost this game, I think, rebounding-wise by somewhere in the neighborhood of five. Cannot do that. The whole point of being successful in college basketball is being able to rebound. Arizona has been an exceptional rebounding team that got it handed to them in key parts of today's game. By the way, you were lo- the, the offensive rebounding stat, Mike, I think uh, uh, Arizona's rally made the offensive rebounding numbers much closer than they actually were. So so you're looking at, wow, it was only five rebound difference from an offensive standpoint for Purdue. But in the parts of the game that mattered that gave Purdue the advantage that ultimately Arizona wasn't able to overcome, it was Purdue that was dominating the glass and separating itself significantly uh, with offensive rebounds and second shot opportunities. Now, the second thing from a coaching standpoint that concerns me is that while I enjoyed a willingness to try different things to get back into the game, and I like that Arizona has the kind of depth and talent that gives them the ability to do that, 
I thought I saw some stubbornness from Tommy Lloyd today. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of things strategically that we talked about. Uh, and, and in a NCAA tournament game, you ain't got the time to be stubborn. Right. You, you, you need to figure out what works. And frankly, if, and, 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 and we'll only pick on them today, uh, as examples because they had bad games today, understanding that they have immense value to the overall, uh, success of this program. But if a guy like Boswell is not playing well, you'd better bench him for somebody who is. If a guy like Larson is not playing well, you'd better bench him for someone who is, because that's the reason you have depth. If your backup isn't playing well, then you're going to have to play somebody start. Uh, more, who's a starter? Conversing. Give you an example of this. Oh, Ballo. Crevis barely saw the floor today. We've become accustomed to Crevis play, what, 12, 15, 12, 15 minutes a game? Ballo plays the best. How much was he on the floor today? It felt like two, three. Right. I think Lloyd and the coaching staff made a concerted belief that Krebus was out of his element and Edie, he was not going to be able with Edie. And they had to ride to the end, uh, which is... And, and so Ballo looked you have, tired, too. Yeah, you know, and, 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 and that's understandable. Arizona, one of the things that was talked about a lot coming into this game is that Arizona has the kind of depth on the inside that can wear down somebody like Edie. It's basically two-on-one, three-on-one, and so forth. Well, Arizona, in the end, went one-on-one. They went Ballo against Edie, and Edie ultimately uh, got the better of them. Now, hopefully later in the year, Arizona, Crevis will get a little bit better. There will be a confidence level for uh, Arizona's coaching staff in that capacity, and maybe maybe they'll get another one of these big guys coming off the bench that helps in these kinds of games to give them a little bit more depth on the front line as well. But you had three stubbornness examples, I think, today. You had sticking with Larson, hmm. which – was more often than not a problem sticking with Boswell, who was definitely a problem and riding Ballo all the way to the end because you didn't think Crevis was ready to get it done. And, and, and so what Purdue was able to do to a large degree was negate Arizona's depth, but Lloyd's stubbornness in that re- regard today was something that perhaps might concern me. If you get into a tournament situation where things aren't going your way, you kind of have to figure out what to do quickly because especially in the tournament, teams don't turn the ball over. And so when you get down in the tournament, the, the, the clock runs out fast. You get down 12 tournament game, it becomes a heck of a lot more difficult to get back into that matchup. All right, time for the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Sign up for BetMGM today. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app of at least $10. If that bet loses, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. Check out the show notes for details. Again, bet against me. I'm generally wrong. If I give you a lock, say, you know, Mike Luke, that guy's a bonehead. I am going to pick against him now. Let's hear Shane Diefenbach with a disclaimer. Link problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C. Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369-NEW YORK. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. All right, William Brad Alice, what say you about John Schuster's remarks? Then we got to get to Frank Caliendo, I believe. No, that was my point. If I'm going to, you know me, I'm not hot take guy, but my hot take is I've got some concerns with Tommy. Uh, potentially, that's things I'm looking for this season. Because remember, he did this last year against Princeton. He rode Kirk Creesa. Kylan Boswell played 12 minutes, and Creesa was awful. And then Creesa was probably shown the door. Um, today, he did some really good tactical things. Most notably, going to zone. Probably went five minutes too late. Um, but not sticking with K.J. Lewis and um, and uh, Bradley, I think, was a mistake. Now, is this an indictment on Tommy Lloyd? Could you, no, because we just pointed out where Hall of Famer Lute Olsen did the same thing against Roy Williams. And two months earlier, they won the game because of Salim Stoudemire. Remember at the game in Lawrence, Arizona goes down big, Salim goes crazy. It's my Salim's my favorite player probably of all time. And it's the Salim shining moment. There's one where they're milking clock and Salim decides to jack it from the corner, put Arizona up 20 um, today. However, and he should have, you know, Tommy should have kept stayed with them, especially when he brought the two guys back in Purdue promptly scores, what four or five in a row, go back to him. 
Um, so that's a concern. And do I think that makes Tommy Lloyd a bad coach? No. Does that mean Arizona's losing to Harvard in the first round? No. But I want to see him learn from his mistakes. And we'll see if he does today. Because, again, I thought I thought he made a few tactical errors today. And, um, you know, we all know Matt Painter is a, 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 a Hall of Fame coach from November to, to February. Um, and, you know, so I think, but I think, yeah, I want to see what Tommy learns from this. Um, cause I, when that zone was out there with those two guys, they were blowing the doors off of Purdue. Purdue went six minutes without a score. John Schuster, Frank Caliendo. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Mike has made it, uh, made you folks aware that, uh, he and I went to, uh, Frank Caliendo last week, you know, uh, they're, they're, uh, Cali, you've seen Caliendo or listened to Caliendo on his uh, show before. Cali, Caliendo knows his stuff. Uh, but, uh, so um, that, that, that means that Saturday after the uh, Wisconsin game, we drive, up to, uh, uh, we drive up to the venue in Phoenix. And if there's an unmade reality show that um, might be worth picking up, it's the ineptitude and incompetence of John Schuster and Mike Luke on the road. Uh, <laughs> let's start. One of, a, one of us doesn't know directions. The other one can't figure out how to use Kadaf. Uh, and oh, uh, so, so, so we ultimately try to figure out part get lost walk the wrong way about as often as you possibly can he mike opens up his gps uh and and says we're 15 minutes uh we're 15 feet from the venue neither of us see us we can't figure out where the venue is uh even though the neon sign that says stand-up comedy club is about 10 feet away from above us uh so and 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 then it take, takes forever to figure out oh wait that bit in there is maybe where we need to go tries to play big guy goes up to about 17 different people who work at the venue hey i'm mike luke i've got these fancy tickets and and all of them all of them say yeah sure go to the end of the line just like everybody else <laughs> so uh, yes. we eventually, eventually get to the end of the line but mike because he's big time decides that he's still even though the line is moving we're ultimately going to get into this place uh sort of decide i'm going to walk right past uh, the uh, person who's holding some sort of thing that goes through reservations and try to get, you know, right to the front of the line as well. So I have to pretend that I'm my Mike Luke and I've got reservations. And then he has to meet me at the front. And eventually we get in, sit in the wrong spot, get told that we've sat in the wrong spot and we have to sit. <laughs> so I tell you all of that to get to this. We see com comedian one, comedian two, Caliendo's on there. Good. Caliendo's on for 45 minutes, does his impressions. 30 minutes of that show is a set routine. His impressions are excellent. 15 minutes are basically by the, uh, you know, the audience. Show is done. So we all leave. My texting Caliendo through the whole making this up. He's bleeping texting Caliendo, beginning, end. So he walks up to the security guard, shows the security guard in the back. Yeah, I've got this. Uh, yeah, Frank. Frank. He calls him Frank, uh, you know, because they're on a first name basis. Uh, Frank says, I can go backstage. The security guard who doesn't care and just wants to move on to the next uh, person who's bothering him decides to open the door and let us in. The second he lets us in, Caliendo, who is talking to the other two comedians and a couple of jocks from KUPD who look like their casting call rock jocks who have been at that station for 40 years. Caliendo looks directly at Mike Luke, ignores everybody else, and the two of them talk for 30 minutes locked into each other about U of A basketball. The star in the room was not Frank Caliendo. <laughs> the star in the room was the guy who Brad is pointing to, Mike Luke. Caliendo was absolutely awestruck by Mike Luke. I kid you not, spent the entire time that they were there breaking down third string guy from Corona Day something, the fifth string forward from someplace in Chandler, you know, some other recruit who might 13 years old, who's awesome in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, they were talking about Lloyd's strategy on this, the strategy on, it was just, it, it was throwing names out that I could never begin to remember. Caliendo, if it wasn't for having a late night, some exclusive fake VIP show, he and Mike Luke would have talked basketball for three hours and Caliendo wouldn't have known and would not have cared that anyone else was in the room because the true star on that night <laughs> Is that guy, not the guy that we went to see, 
who is na- a nationally renowned comedian who has been on network TV. You know what? On that note, we're going to sign off right here because there's nowhere to go but down from there. But for John Schuster, William Brad Alice. Oh, by the way, no better time to become a PHNX diehard. Uh, Jacob Franklin, pull that shirt up real quick. If you would, if you would, if you would. These things are awesome. They're going like hotcakes. BTFD, new release, PHNX. Check it out. Go to gophnx.com. You will thank me later. But for John Schuster, Brad Alice, the six foot nine, Jacob Franklin behind the scene, Rudy Bastios with KUPD. We will be back with you. Brad's going to be back on Monday. This is correct, Brad. I believe so. All right. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats postgame show. We all city like the mayor. 